0: dot com slash google teacher pod you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the google teacher podcast thank you for your continued support and may the googles be with you i'm aj bianco from podcast pd a part of the education podcast network just like the show you're listening to now shows in the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
1: Welcome to episode 100 of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, your source for the latest Google for Education news, tips, tricks, and ideas you can use in class tomorrow. I'm Matt Miller from Ditch That Textbook.
2: And I'm Casey Bell from Shake Up Learning.
0: And I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. And we've got a great episode in store for you today. We've got Google News tips, tricks, apps, and we're going to reflect on being 100 episodes into this journey that is the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. I'm so excited to be your host along with Matt and Casey. So I think we should get started. Are you guys ready to go? Yes, absolutely.
1: Well, just like any other episode, we're going to kick it off with news and updates. And so I've got a quick one to share with you. Um, This one comes from the keyword blog. And as of, you know, just recently, you're able to use the Google Assistant with your G Suite account in beta. So they're opening up a beta program to allow G Suite users to do more on the go stuff with the Google Assistant when they're logged into a G Suite account. The Google Assistant will help you respond to voice commands for certain Google Calendar and Gmail functions. So you can do things like find out when your next meeting is. You can work with calendar events, send a note via email, dial into meetings, so on and so forth. And so this is a beta program, so you can apply to be a beta user of it. So this is something that's going from just a regular old Google account over to G Suite, which is pretty cool.
2: Awesome. I love it when they start integrating all the things, they make it so much easier for us to operate. And I like talking to my stuff too. So I'm really excited to see where this takes us and how this gets integrated in education as well. So I've got something from Google arts and culture. Yay. Yay, Google arts and culture. Yay.
1: Google arts and culture. Culture. Yay. Yay. (laughs)
2: it would not be a Google Teacher Tribe episode if we didn't find a way to work this in. So check this out. This is called When Fashion and Choreography Meet Artificial Intelligence. So um, I hope I didn't just lose Matt and Chris on this, but I thought this was super cool. So what they have done is um, these different organizations have teamed up with the business of fashion, and they've created some Google experiments and some labs, and what they're analyzing are color palettes. And if you actually launch the what they call the runway palette, they've taken pictures of runway fashion, and it's in this gigantic database and they're tiny little squares and as you hover over you can you can scroll really fast and see the color patterns. So I find this very interesting because first of all this is bringing science into the fashion world and you can click on any of these tiny little squares to bring up the actual color palette. So even if you're not interested in fashion itself color palettes are part of creation across the board. So there may be inspiration here, I feel like, for other types of creative activities. The other thing that's super cool is they they sort of combine this article with fashion and choreography. And as a former dance teacher, I thought this was pretty awesome, too. There is a Google experiment called the Living Archive. And it's going to use a camera on your device to detect the motions that you are making and help you associate that with real life choreography from um, Wayne McGregor and his 25 years of experience in choreography. So they've captured like every movement. So we're also getting more um, kinesthetic learning and making the connections with art and culture, of course, into this. So I thought
1: this was super cool. This was on the keyword blog. Can we stop for just a second here? Casey, did you say you're a former dance teacher? How did I not know this about you?
2: I taught dance in middle school. I had a class class. I sort of got drug into it one year when they didn't have enough teachers to teach, and I'm not certified to teach dance. But I taught it, and I taught it mostly in the hallways and outside because we didn't have enough classrooms.
1: Wow. Yeah, that was a the, fun
2: year. Yeah, The multi-talented Casey Bell has yet another
1: talent that I didn't know about. Uh, that is so cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, don't ask me to do it now, but...
0: (laughs) And it only took 100 episodes to figure this out and discover it. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, you never know what you're going to (laughs) get.
0: No, but that's really cool. And hey, I brought a news article to the party this episode, too. What's up, Chris? Yeah. So I dipped into the keyword blog, which, thank you for letting me know that this existed. And I recently read an article that was titled, Hey, Google, play me the news. What Google is now doing through their connected, smart devices, uh, Google saw an opportunity to help move digital audio forward by focusing on audio news. So what they're doing now is they're analyzing what's being said in an audio file, and they're applying their understanding around what text search is about to make it accessible on Google Home devices. So when you say something like, hey, insert name here, play me the news, it'll now curate audio content. And it will play brief news clips. So I think that's pretty neat for actually anybody who didn't know, you can actually tell your Google smart device, hey, insert name here, because I don't want to set them off. That's annoying when that happens. Um, you can say, hey, insert name here, play the latest episode of the Google Teacher Try podcast. And it's going to do that if people didn't know on their smart devices.
1: Yeah, I, I love the fact that we continue to get more and more stuff that has to do with voice and with audio, um, especially since we can do that on the go. And it's something we can consume without having to stop everything that we're doing. We can kind of do thing two things at once. So pretty cool stuff. Of course, just like any other episode, if there's any of this that you want to see more about, you can head to our show notes at GoogleTeacherTribe.com slash 100.
0: All right, Matt and Casey, so as your producer and making you guys sound good 99 times and hopefully this will you know hundred times the charm, I'd like to do a little podcast reflection over many episodes throughout this. You guys have told the story of how you got to this point, starting the podcast, but I thought it would be fun if we did a, this is your life kind of thing, but podcast edition. So I've got a little excerpt all the way back from episode one, ready to take a listen.
1: I'm scared.
0: I'm too. (laughs) Here we go. Let's hop on our podcast time machine.
1: So, Casey, let's tell everyone why we're doing this podcast in the first place.
2: Why are we doing this, Matt? Um, Good question. (laughs) I... You and I have um, a long history together now. I feel like we've been friends for several years. We met at the Google Teacher Academy in Austin, Texas, and that was what, 2014?
1: December 2014, yes. Yeah,
2: we were the very last Google Teacher Academy, which has now morphed into the Google Innovator Academy. That's, that's really where I would say our collaboration started. I think that you were uh, on the top of my list to make sure That I spent some time with you and getting to know you while you were in Austin, and um, it was such a it was such a fun experience. We got to meet some amazing people. Of course, we were at Google, so
1: right, right, exactly. (laughs) We
2: were just kind of in awe. I think for those two days, but um, I feel like the Matt and Casey story kind of started in 2014, and um, we've been talking about doing a podcast now for a while. We've talked about doing a lot of different projects together, but I think this one has. Been at the top of our list, and um, because we love Google so much, really just sort of stepping out and making this sort of Google centric, but definitely with a focus on helping teachers. I think that's you know really how we sort of came came to this point, and I I can't believe we're actually recording now. Like it has I know, I know,
1: we're, we're finally. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're finally here. And I know, um, you know, doing a podcast is something that I've kind of been interested in. I dabbled in one a little bit before this and just really like the, the idea of course, you know, you and I are totally hooked on sharing, uh, things that teachers can do in the classroom and stuff that has worked for us and for other people. And, um, I know we've both had our blogs for several years now and love to be able to write articles and and help people out. But I just I just have been kind of excited about this because it's a whole different dimension because, you know, I really feel like at least on on podcasts that I've listened to, you really start to get a feel for the person that you're listening to. I mean, it's kind of a personal thing to to have a podcast where you're like, basically letting them into your eardrums. I mean, you're like, it's, it's, it's sort of a, a little bit more of an intimate thing. And so so um, that's one reason that I've I've been real excited about doing this, and I feel like with as important as using Google in the classroom is to so many teachers, I just don't feel like there are a lot of options for this out there right now, and um, we're really hoping that this is something that will will really fill a need for for some teachers out there.
2: Lots of uh. Uh, um, yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's... St- I
2: still do it.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, me too. And you know, that is one thing that, that I've noticed over all of this time is um a lot... Ha- See, I just did it again. I just ummed. <laughs> Caught myself. Um, I did it again! <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, now I'm going to be in my head about this. Um, Yeah, I did it again. I'm sorry, I'm not like... <laughs> I'm just gonna start, Matt. (laughs) I know. I'm just gonna start talking now. We have ironed out a lot of things that used to not be so clean, which is something that whenever you do something a hundred times, that's the kind of thing that, that you get better at. For instance, I remember that very first episode, it took Casey and I forever to put that episode out. Like we stopped and we looked over every last little thing we wanted to say we scripted out more of it than we really needed to we read it we did retakes and retakes and it took us like hours to do this this episode and now we we've gotten a lot faster at it and it's it's it comes a little easier these days i think
2: you know what else we we used to have to script
1: Oh, the banter.
2: Banter. Oh, my goodness. Yes, the banter. (laughs) Yes. Chris, and some of your first feedback was just trying to get us to loosen up and show a little bit more of our personalities on the podcast. And we didn't want to spend too much time, you know, wasting time on air just talking about whatever. but. It was something that we really, like in our show notes, in our outline, we'd banter. What are we going to bant about today? And we would plan it. Now, we just kind of are off the cuff all the time. We might even need to reel it back a little bit. I don't know. But I think that's what's been interesting, too, is like you said, this is definitely a more intimate way for people to get to know us. And that was the unexpected thing for me. I didn't realize how much people would connect with my voice and, you know, how many people still come up to me even when I'm doing a presentation They're like, I, I listen to you all the time. I know your voice. You go running with me. You know, it's all of those things and how much more personal it is and how people feel like they know you on a different level.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. And Chris, I'm sure that you, you get a lot of this too. I'll have, people come up and say that they feel like they already know me or they hear the voice and you know, I'm having a conversation with them face to face. And they're like, this is so weird. I'm interacting with this voice that I hear on the podcast, but I'm actually talking and you're actually talking to me. And I've had that experience before when I've met other podcast hosts of podcasts that I've listened to too. So, uh, yeah, it is. It's it's yeah, that that's something that surprised me, too, is how personal the voice is and how much people have connected with that.
0: And, and people definitely connect with. It. I mean, I, I feel even more connected to you guys. I mean, again, as the editor, I listen to it when I edit it and then I listen to it just like everybody else when it comes out on Monday mornings on my way to work. It's part of my Monday morning routine. And I've already heard it. And and then I think, oh, maybe I could have done this differently. Or <laughs> I remember what I took out there. But, you know, I, I might be listener number one.
2: I think that's why it's hard mm-hmm. for me to listen to myself because I am so critical and I just hear it over and over again. And all the things that I should have said or could have said or maybe have been more concise about or, oh, you sounded stupid. Why did? You, why are you drinking sweet tea, Casey? <laughs> and, and all the things. but. <laughs> Chris, you get a double dose. That's a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, let, let me ask you both this. Do you listen to the podcast after it's released or do you maybe just kind of go, like, how do you listen?
1: I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll be honest when we very first started, like for the first 20 episodes or so, I would listen to it every single week, just as soon as it came out. And anymore, I, I don't listen to it the second time through as much. I've got, I mean... Part of it is that I've got other podcasts that I don't want to listen to and I kind of know what we already said. But um, but really, you know, even when I listen to us all over again, there are little tidbits that, um, that I kind of forgot about. And sometimes, you know, part of recording a podcast with two people like this is that Casey will be saying something and I'll be setting up for what I'm going to say next, especially in the news and updates I find. Um, and so... <laughs> I guess I'm kind of like honestly here saying that sometimes I don't always listen to Casey all the time. Shame on me for that, but that's, that's kind of, it's okay. <laughs> I I know that. Yeah. You know, there, and, and I know that there are times where I'll listen to it and you will have said something. And then I come back and I say it, but just in a little bit different way. And I'm like, gosh, man, you weren't paying attention. You got to listen to her, you know? <laughs> it's okay it happens
2: to me as well sometimes we get distracted or sometimes we're especially with the google news and updates because we really consume those super fast and try to summarize them and analyze them super fast and sometimes Mm -hmm. we both will stop and wait what is this what you think this means (laughs) like hang on (laughs) and chris you get to hear all of that in the editing but yeah it's it's hard and but also i have to say kudos to you chris because We have so much faith in how you edit us that we're not all that worried about how we sound because we know you're going to make us sound good.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, I certainly try, but it doesn't take a lot of effort because as much as you guys started this having not podcasted before, you guys have been doing it very well since that first episode even.
1: Thank you very, yeah. very professionally. Yeah. Well, it, it also helps that, um, you know, a big part of uh, the full time job for Casey and I is talking, you know, it, we we uh, it's it's kind of such a, a normal part part of our day. But but Chris really does make us sound awfully good. There's a lot of things that if you're listening to this right now, um, there's a lot of things that you don't hear where we'll say something and then we'll stop and we'll go. Okay, Chris, we're going to have to cut this, make me sound good, you know, and we'll like stop in the middle of something, or we're doing news and updates, and we'll get halfway through something, and we think that we understood it, and then we'll read something, and we'll go, wait a second, I need to go back and look at this, hold on, Chris, and then we go and we look it up, and we have to figure it out, and Chris has to slice and dice it, so... Um
0: yeah, there's... Or Casey makes up new words. And- yeah.
1: <laughs> She's good <laughs> Casey at that,
0: though. Casey has a
2: whole new vocabulary.
0: <laughs> now, if I was more prepared, I would have had something ready to go, like some sort of new word montage, but I don't. <laughs> so people have to go back through the archive and find all the new words yes. that Casey made. But maybe that's a challenge for episode 200.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll add to it between now and then. So,
0: uh, We're counting on it. <laughs> so... Through 100 episodes, myself and all the listeners, we've learned from great guests, and you both have shared your knowledge each and every episode. All of this content has helped over a million people better understand and leverage Google in their schools and in their classrooms. But what have each of you learned as a result of creating and hosting this podcast?
2: I think what's amazing is that the Google Teacher Tribe Is a tribe. It's the group of people who are listening, who contribute, whether they're leaving questions or they're leaving ideas or they're communicating on Twitter, wherever it is. And every time we get together and plan an episode, I learn something new. So... You may think that I spend my life reading all of the Google news and updates, but I I don't. I quickly go through them and Matt and I were like, oh, that's pretty cool. We should write a blog post about that. You know, there are, there are ideas that come from this. So it sparks not only what other people are learning from us, but how much I feel like we learn from the tribe. And I appreciate all of those people. I mean, it just boggles my mind that we've had over a million downloads just I can't believe anybody would listen to me that many times. So uh, I, I think everybody who's listening, but I just really love the learning experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll even take that a little bit in a different direction. It's the same. I mean, it's the same way for me, um, You know, I learn a lot just from putting out the podcast and I definitely learn, you know, every time we have somebody who asks us a question or who shares something they're doing in their class or a tip or a trick or something. And so I've I've gotten a lot of kind of practical procedural knowledge in that way. But another thing that I've learned through this podcast is how creative educators are in general, You know, we take a lot of these Google tools and we talk about them. And the beauty of what so many teachers do is that they take these tools. I mean, it's almost like um, brushes, you know, like paint brushes. And they're able to create different things with them just by using their own creativity and imagination and trying to meet their students' needs. So I've seen that. I've seen, you know, how much teachers care because they put in the time and the effort to do something special for their students because they know that it's going to matter. I've seen how they've reached out and they've helped each other and they lift each other up. And you see that through our hashtag. um, You see that through some of the things that they share. But really, of course, you know, you see it in the bigger picture in you know our uh, social media networks, um, you know our PLNs and, and everything, and um, that's that's one of the one of the things. You know, like Casey said, it really is a tribe. It's a group of people all together pushing towards the the same things, and in the end, it's really about the kids. And when it's about the kids, it's really about helping them to be their best selves, but then also helping to. Create a better community and a better world. And I feel like educators are in this prime position to nudge the world in the right direction just a little bit. And that's that's the thing that I've loved so much about this podcast is that if we can equip teachers for that important world-changing work, then this was all totally worth it.
0: Yeah. The the guy asking the questions doesn't have any words left. No,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's definitely a learning experience for, for both of us. And the, the beauty of what we do is that we're part of, you know, we're, we're in education and, um, you know, whether we're helping children to learn or we're learning ourselves, you know, we're all learners and we all love to learn. And I think that's one of the things Casey and I love about this podcast so much is that we get to learn right alongside all of you. So I think we, we've learned a lot, but I think the fact that we get to learn alongside all of you is probably um, just as important, if not more.
0: Since you're learning alongside the listeners, then like any listener of any piece of content, I'm going to ask the question do each of you have and what is your favorite episode of the podcast? Oh, and, and don't Chris. cop out. I'm going to speak for the people. <sighs> don't cop out and say you have 99 children and you love them all the same. So <laughs> do you have a favorite episode or maybe uh, a favorite topic you've covered and anything along those lines?
1: Google teacher tribe.com. Hold on a second. It's loading. Okay, go ahead, Casey. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I definitely do. I think We've had some amazing guests, so it is really hard to select one that stood out above others, but it's really hard to beat the episode we did with Lisa Highfill. She was a rock star, and everything, every little morsel of knowledge that came out of her mouth was so valuable, and it was it was so hard to just stop and I really like wish I had been taking my own notes during this you know I've heard her speak before we cross paths all the time but to actually have that one-on-one time to talk about what they've done with hyperdocs but to hear it from her mouth and and to hear exactly how she has so much foundation with the hyperdoc handbook in in making it meaningful for students that it's it's not what everybody kind of thinks in the beginning, that it's just some kind of document with some links in it, but how much impact that they have had the HyperDoc girls, gals, I should say, but, but talking to Lisa, I think was my favorite moment, my favorite episode.
1: Yeah, that one, that one definitely is a memorable one. I think that's, that's easily a top five for me too. Um, I'm going to go and see, it's so funny. um, Both of us are picking, ones that we where we had guests um, because that's that's the route that I'm gonna go and that's um, something that we've we've gotten away from a little bit and I think Casey and I are are committed to getting more guests onto the show um, coming in the future we have some plans for that um, so for me mine is episode 24 with Joe Marquez so Joe Marquez taught science and did some really cool things with app smashing and with Twitter and all that with his um, Eighth grade science students, but I think more than that, he shared with us his passion and his vision for you know the the kind of transformative learning his students could do and I think you know it was just you know knowledge bomb and inspiration bomb just one after another after another I mean anybody had to had to leave that one being completely inspired and i know that i definitely was um and you know right next to that one that was episode 24 episode 26 is the audio of the find your tribe keynote and i've got to throw that one in because that was such a memorable moment for me that um casey and i got to do a keynote together in the summer of 2017 and we ended up with the audio of it and so we just shared that as our episode one week and that was such a cool thing um that we got to get together and talk about this and plan a keynote together. Um, and it really was, I think that really was a, um, a great example of what collaboration from a distance can look like, because we didn't rehearse that keynote together face to face. We did a lot of planning of it. We talked it out, but we didn't actually get to do that face to face until we were on that stage. And I was pretty happy with the way that it turned out. And, um, no, that one that one was a was a really, really cool moment too. So I think those are probably the two for me.
2: Two. You were only supposed to give one, Matt, but I agree totally. Joe was in my head as well. Mm-hmm. The tip that he shared about Google Sites just totally blew my mind. His little tutorial, um which I'm now forgetting exactly each step of it, so I'm not gonna talk about that part, but the the keynote was Amazing. And I think that shows to the power of a partnership like what we have. We were com- confident in each other as, yeah. as speakers. We I could not get on a stage with somebody else and have done this type of planning that we did and no rehearsal with anyone other than you. I don't, I don't talk to anyone as much as I talk to you and I don't collaborate and bounce ideas off of you um, or off of other people like I do with you. So I think that's, that's also part of our relationship and how it's grown since the Mm -hmm. Innovator Academy too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, the, what, what is it that they say that whenever you have uh ten thousand hours of practice at something then you have mastery well we're we're clearly not at ten thousand, but we are definitely much closer to that and it's it's kind of amazing how you know you start to get to know people and get to know their tendencies and get to know kind of what works and what doesn't and um yeah i I agree so mutual admiration party that's kind of what episode one hundred gets to be though I think
0: fun fact if you like numbers uh through ninety nine episodes. You guys have produced over sixty-two hours of content.
1: <laughs> wow, that's a whole lot of Matt and Casey. Yes, it is. Now that's that's interesting because how many was it again? Sixty-two. Yeah, sixty-two hours of content. So I'm do, trying to do the math on the on the fly here. If it was sixty-six and we had ninety-nine episodes, then that's about two-thirds. And two thirds of an hour is 40 minutes, which means that we're roughly 40 minutes or so on our time. I don't know if that math is exactly right. A little bit less than 40 minutes, which is funny because when we started out, we were saying 30 minute podcast, 30 minute podcast. And here we get to episode 100 and someone can correct my math if they'd like to. But (laughs) we clearly have much more to say than 30 minutes and we can never seem to, to keep it under that threshold.
2: Yeah, thirty minutes is tough. We usually have to cut each other off. Like we're this is it. Like yeah, we got to end it here. And we'll have like twenty more things on our list to say mm-hmm. that usually still make it into the show notes, but we didn't get to talk about.
1: Yeah, exactly. Fine. And another funny thing about those show notes, since we're kind of like spilling all of our secrets here, if you want to know all of the yeah, sometimes some of the things that we like say to each other or that you know, didn't make it into the show or whatever, you, you might be surprised at some of the little nuggets that slip through into the show notes. Cause that's kind of like our live planning document when we're, when we're recording the episode and then it usually just ends up on the website that way. So, um, if you look at it pretty yeah, we closely, we forget to
2: take things out. <laughs> we
1: forget to take things out sometimes. So just, uh, there you go. Again, being totally you don't have transparent. We like
2: 20 things from the mailbag and we talked about two of them. Right, because exactly. We forgot to take the rest of them out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of surprised we haven't uh, had any. I was pretty
0: good about that when we put the notes together. That's
1: true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Good point.
0: Of the episodes produced so far, one of my favorites is uh, episode eight, which was Meet the Chrome Squad. Oh, because yeah. Because. I just love that concept. And I I loved hearing student voice on the podcast and what they're doing. Every school should have something like that, whether it's middle school, You, you can get kids doing these types of things. And that that's really authentic learning and a really authentic experience for students of any age. So I really appreciated that conversation. And then you had them back and, you know, it was it was really nice.
2: You could not have paid children to say more than what they were saying. Like It was the highlight of, oh, every teacher should be hearing this. This is why we do what we do. And feeling that and getting to make those connections. And, of course, Matt and I did that follow-up podcast in person, meeting some of those students. And it was amazing.
1: If I remember correctly, during that, we were so touched at what impressive human beings these kids were casey i think you started to tear up a little bit during that episode am i right
2: i did i did i lost it a little bit Yeah. yeah
1: yeah that was that was that was a really neat experience to to get to actually see them and talk face to face and i tell you what whenever you bump into kids like that and i'm sure if you're listening to this all of us have our stories of getting to see those kids that make us go you know what There is some right in this world and we really do have a bright future. And those, those guys were, were a great example of that.
0: Speaking. I mean, you guys have shared some some great stories and some great reflection, but do you guys have a favorite memory, whether it was, you know, before you launched or at some point over the last 99 episodes, (laughs) just something really, you'll never forget it as long as you live that's related to this podcast.
2: Well, I see it written on the screen right now. Uh, Jimmy Matt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I logged into Squadcast
1: and I put my name as Jimmy Matt on the screen since you all can't see it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I almost would have to go back and listen to that episode. I know I was silly in asking Matt about his J. Matt Miller, and I still don't completely remember if it's John. Is it John?
1: No. It's not
2: Jimmy, but (laughs) it's
1: John. No.
2: Jeremy. No. What is it?
1: It's Jeffrey. I'm named after my dad, and yeah, so I'm called by my middle name, and P.S. folks, if you're having kids and trying to figure out what to name them, just name them what you want to call them as their first name. (laughs) Don't do that to kids.
2: Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah, that one went off the rails. That was at the point yeah. I think where Chris was like, "Okay, they don't need any help with the banter anymore." Uh-huh. Like it was, it was on, and th-
0: they got this. Mm-hmm. A-
2: and then I remembered this old song, the Jimmy Mac <laughs> song, and that's what I started thinking about. And I played the song on the podcast, and then it became a hashtag, hashtag Jimmy Matt. Uh-huh. So it was definitely a moment. I think we've had a few hashtags that have evolved mm-hmm. from the podcast.
1: Yeah. I'll uh, I'll add to that cuz Jimmy Matt was one goofy thing that h- kind of hung around and I've had people come up and actually call me that. And sometimes they'll come up and call me Jimmy Matt and they're like, "Oh, was that okay? Oh, I didn't offend you, did I?" And I'm like, "Oh, darling, it's going to take a lot more than that to offend me." Um, oh, there was that It's not
2: even called shake.
1: That's true. Yeah. That's that's a good story by itself. Um, I've got to, I've got to put a shout out to Jeremy Badner, um, who has created some fun, um, some fun images based on some of the stuff and some of the rest of you have done it too. So, um, um, this is a shout out to any of you that have gone on that GT tribe hashtag on Twitter after an episode has come out and you've put out some sort of silly thing. The one that I will never forget was the one that, um, Jeremy made, where Casey and I joked about how we were going to go camp out at Google. We were going to go to the Googleplex. You That's know. what was sticking in my head. Right? Yeah. And so Jeremy <laughs> goes on Google Drawings. He gets a picture of one of the buildings at the Google headquarters, and he puts it on Google Drawings, and then there's my head. There's Casey's head. There's a little campfire that he drew out of shapes and stuff, and there we are sitting on the lawn at Google, camping out. So um, I will probably never forget that either. That was that was a fun experience too.
2: Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And now we know too, like we know when we say certain things, like people are going to take it and run with it, <laughs> it or it, it ends up in the outtakes.
0: <laughs> the outtakes are fun, which... Fun fact, you guys never asked me to do. I just kind of started doing it. No,
2: no. And we we, we never gave you permission to do it either. But I think that also shows the camaraderie that, you know, we all have with each other.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I posted a post with the post.
1: There we go. Chris has got a bunch of them, folks.
0: Now, you guys had also mentioned that uh, you're going to look to be bringing on some guests in the future because you kind of moved away from that a little bit for a period of time. What guest or who would you love to have on the podcast that you haven't had on the podcast before?
1: That's a great question. I don't know. You know what? I think it would be fun to have more students on the podcast. I'll just throw that out as a general general one because I haven't thought about it, and that's just the first thing that came to mind. I think it would be fun to have more students on. I thought it was so telling when we interviewed the Chrome Squad and we asked them, "What do you wish that your teachers knew?" I always think that's a fascinating question to ask kids, um, just to see what they have to say. And um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that one out there. Of course, now that I've said it on air, that means that we've got to go do it. <laughs> But um I that's that's one direction that I would like to that I would like to see us go with guests.
2: I love that. And I've interviewed some students on the Shake Up Learning show. In fact, the title of one of them was I Wish My Teacher Knew. It was that oh, moment. Yeah. So nice. it, Matt and I end up with these things all the time where we're saying the same things or we're writing blog posts that are similar or have similar titles. We're we're not sharing a brain. We just seem to be on the same wavelength so much of the time. Or we like to think great minds think alike. I think sometimes it's the silly minds think right? alike too.
0: And pretty soon you guys will sound alike.
2: Oh Lord, <laughs> <laughs> Matt will have to work on his accent a little bit.
0: Yeah, he's got a sorry. pretty good y'all. He's done it a couple times. In the, I have. Uh, that's in true. On here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, before we get into uh, Google related stuff, I have one more podcasty behind the scenes type question. If you could each answer and fill in the following phrase, because of this podcast, blank. Oh, goodness. So, as a result of this podcast, something that's happened to you that wouldn't have happened if not for the Google Teacher Try podcast.
1: Yeah. Um, because of this podcast, we've gotten to see some kids do some pretty cool things and have some pretty cool learning experiences because their teachers were brave and were willing to go on out on a limb and tried something that we talked about
2: well this podcast has opened up so many doors to other teachers I think too who were new to podcasting who maybe were even new to technology integration and it's introduced us to a new audience, even as bloggers. And we've talked about this before, too, about extending our reach, because not every teacher likes to sit down and read a blog post. And that's where we both were when we started this and the ability to connect and kind of what I mentioned before, the power of your voice is just amazing. And being able to connect with teachers in that new way and the unexpected way of what has come out of this, of course, I feel like We've had so many people in the tribe who are so involved, who always leave us messages, who are always there supporting us and laughing at our stupid jokes and who get us. And we feel like we're best friends, even though we've never met before. It's it's those it's those people that you see in the hallway at a conference and you run to go hug them, even though you've never met before. And it's. I mean, there were pieces of that that would happen on Twitter and other places, but it has been much more powerful through this podcast.
1: I've I've got to agree with that. There are, there are folks that I know have listened. I'll, I'll give you an example. If I remember this correctly, I think I met um, Pam Hubler for the first time at. I was at, I think it was at the FETC conference and I knew that she had listened and, you know, we had, we had connected because of the podcast and everything. And she came up and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Pam. And I hugged her and it was like, you know, we had never met. It's, it's one, another one of those, you know, Twitter type moments, but it's, I think it's a little extra special whenever, you know, you've got that voice relationship of podcast listener. And, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a, because of this podcast. I think that was a great answer to that question.
0: All right, let's get a little googly. What topic would you guys like to cover on a future episode that you've not covered yet?
1: This is tough. Uh, you know, pretty early on in the history of the podcast, pretty early on, we realized that we had covered all of the main Google tools. You know, we've done multiple slides episodes. And we've talked about drawings. We've talked about, you know, you guys know how much we love slides. You know, Swiss Army Knife of the G Suite. Um, there's another one. There's another one because of this podcast. That, that uh, no, I don't know. Casey, you may have coined an that one before. Pot. Yes, that's right. That too. That too. Yes. So I think we realized uh, pretty early on that we couldn't make the podcast happen by just doing an episode based on every tool. So we were going to have to find different twists on that and that's been sort of a challenge. So as far as Google topics, you know, um we're getting the point now where we're revisiting some of those topics that we've done before with a fresh spin or we're taking a more narrow focus on one tool or one use or one, you know, sort of pedagogical focus that Google can can do and it's been tough. I I'd say what's a Google topic that we've yet to cover, I think We've covered a lot of the big ones that we want to. So now it's just kind of niching down. And um, that's I'll I'll be 100 percent honest. That's one of the tricky things about this podcast is trying to find um, different spins and different um, niche topics within the different tools. So that's my non-answer answer answer to your question.
2: Well, but Google is always changing there is always Uh, something new to talk about when it comes to google even if we have talked about how to use it in math or how to use it in kindergarten in math there's going to be something new next week there's going to be some new idea we've learned from somebody on the tribe or there's going to be some update that we use to inspire some new project so i feel like It hasn't been that difficult. I mean, sometimes we struggle and we we are not good at planning ahead. We really just kind (laughs) of decide like that when we're recording, Okay, let's do this. And we put together some notes and outline and we just do it. But I think that's also because we live in this world and we talk this world all the time. We both do presentations and workshops and things on all of these topics. So we've always got something to pull from or something that we've learned and I think that's, that's part of what's great is, you know, it's, it's tough when it changes all the time, but at the same time, that's a 21st century skill. We've got to be able to adapt and you've got to be quick on your feet as a teacher. You can't expect to teach the how-to side and it to stay the same. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like, we always have to keep, just click on it, just explore, just look around, you'll find it. It's not that hard. You can't mess it up, right? You're not mm-hmm. going to mess it up. So I feel like there's, There are constantly new topics to explore and new ideas that are coming at us from all directions.
1: That's a great point. Yeah, totally agree with that.
0: I know that many of the listeners probably put you guys up on googly pedestals based on your knowledge and what you share and present. Is there a particular Google tool that even you guys struggle with and don't know all the ins and outs of? I asked that to humanize you because <laughs> mm-hmm. there are people who love Google and we struggle. So what, what do you guys struggle I with? I
1: think there's one in particular. I know there's one for me and I'm going to guess that maybe it's the same for Casey, but I'll be curious to see what she has to say. I am pretty far behind when it comes to sheets. There's so much you can do in sheets um, with all of the add-ons and all of the formulas and pivot tables i hear people talk about pivot tables like you know like they're this glorious thing and i'm like i still i don't know i've still got a long way to go when it comes comes to sheets i can do a lot of the basic stuff i can install and add on and all of that but that's that's probably the one of course you know coming from from my background i taught high school foreign language for more than 10 years i've always been sort of a language and humanities guy so you know some of the stem stuff and the math and all of that is not so much my forte so there you go you you can humanize me by saying that sheets is my achilles heel i think sheets is everybody's achilles heel (laughs) unless your name's alice keeler for alice yeah yeah except for alice
2: sorry chris were you gonna say something
0: Si, tengo una pregunta para señor Miller. Si, por por qué tú no usas spreadsheets en español? Por qué? Por qué?
1: Por qué es números y español es palabras? Can I get a margarita? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that. (laughs) Yes. No,
2: I, I really. I mean, I agree with you on sheets too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I haven't spent as much time on Jamboard as I was like would like to. There's some new things that have been coming out. Yeah. And because of my day-to-day activities and the the tools that I choose to learn, sometimes I have to go refresh my memory when I'm doing either an episode or a workshop or something on something else. So you know when i teach those the level 1 and level 2 google certification courses especially when it gets into sheets like i have a ton of lessons i'm like oh wait how did i teach that you know when i have to go in and update those and so i'm constantly reviewing and relearning and that's also part of why i love my job i love to learn i love this stuff i geek out over this stuff and I love that I that's what I get to do every day. So, you know, maybe not every day, I'm super excited to (laughs) jump into the latest and greatest. But I think um, there's always something new to learn. And even when you know, Matt and I will, I know we've done an episode on lesser known tools, too. And there's so many things out there that Google creates or has experiments and all those even like what I mentioned during the news and updates, like, how how do you possibly keep up? There's just always something out there.
0: All right, let's move into the ask me anything. So I curated some questions from listeners across the internet, and here's what we came up with. So let, let's uh, we'll fly through these lightning round style. So this one comes from Mike Brilla at Mister underscore Brilla on Twitter. What inspired you both to move from the classroom into your current roles as consultants and trainers and keynote speakers and content creators?
1: For me, I started doing some presentations at conferences and stuff. And, um, I had that, you know, I, and I've, I've always said when I, you know, when I taught high school Spanish, I taught it for 11 years. And I said, you know, if I ever, if I ever go back into the classroom and continue to teach Spanish, um, you know, until my, retirement, I'm going to be happy doing that. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't because I was ready to leave and get out of the classroom, but I felt like I enjoyed so much working with other teachers and helping them to get some of those ideas that they could take back into their classrooms. And I started to see kind of like the, um, you know, sort of the ripple effect or the you know, sort of like the mushrooming of the impact that that could have, that if some of the ideas that I was trying was working, or if some of the ideas that I saw other people doing, if those were working and I was able to help other teachers see those, I saw that if I was able to get through to some other teachers, you know each one of those teachers represented dozens or sometimes more than a 100 kids. And so then, you know, that starts to grow in, in big way. And I know that all of us have sat through, um, boring, frustrating, sometimes meaningless professional development. And I thought, man, if there is a way that I could do that in a way that actually gets through to people and can help them to improve their teaching practice, kids are going to benefit. And, um, that's the, that's the big reason that, that I ended up, that I ended up doing what I did.
2: So I feel like my story is pretty different. I sort of ended up, I feel like, as a middle school language arts teacher. I did not go to school to become a teacher. And honestly, when I went post back, it was either go get another degree or I could teach English. And so I got or my dance. certification. And <laughs> no, I was not certified to teach dance. I don't know how they pulled that one off, but anyway yeah so I ended up you know it's like okay this is you know, and I had always been drawn to the idea of teaching and to be honest I had a lot of people family members who are like you won't make enough money that's not a good choice so I worked in the corporate world and decided you know what life sucks even when you're making money so I want to do something that I enjoy and I went back and got my teaching certification. And like I said, sort of ended up in like, I'm, I've never been passionate about language arts. I'm not one of those people who's going to spout out Shakespeare. I might tell you of my love of Faulkner, but that's more as a reader. And I wasn't teaching Faulkner in middle school anyway. So the ideas that I had in my classroom always drew me to technology. And I was the first to try something. I was an early adopter. I was signing up for the computer lab every chance I got. And the other teachers really didn't care because they didn't want it. So I found myself becoming that person that was the go to where teachers started asking all the questions. How did you do that? We saw this thing the kids were doing. And so I decided to get my master's and I got my master's in ed tech. I was like, I found my people. Yes, this is where I belong. You speak the geek speak and I love you all. And And that was when I knew I was in the right spot. And so I was promoted to an instructional technologist and kind of moved on from there, from the district level to a regional level. And I've loved every moment of it. So not only working with teachers and let me tell you teachers can be a much tougher crowd than my middle school students ever were. So <laughs> let's just get that out in the open, but yeah, I have have really enjoyed it and and I get to learn what I want to learn every single day and share it with someone else who then gets to share it in their classroom and as Matt said, you know, helping to have a bigger impact on more classrooms is a really really great position to be in. So kind of living the dream here.
0: I'm glad you both have wound up where you are. (laughs) Thank you. Our next question comes from, and and you addressed part of it. So I'll just focus in on uh, what former guest, Mike Muhammad at Mo underscore physics asked, do you guys have any pre-show rituals that you go through before recording an episode?
2: Mo, Hmm. I don't think, I mean, other than just our routine, I don't think it's really a ritual. I don't think I like, Virtually rub Matt's head for good luck or anything. <laughs> <laughs> think? Do you don't think there's anything if you, ritualistic, like superstitious or anything? Yeah. Uh, no, I, we pretty much fly by the seat of our pants, y'all. I mean, yeah. I, honestly, I think it's it, it is the relationship w- that we have, and now that we've been working together for so long through a hundred episodes, that we just understand how each other works and we put it together and we knock it out and somehow we always have something to say
1: yeah yeah and you know i i think as close yeah i think as close as we've got to a ritual is that whenever we get on to zencaster to record before we hit the record button a lot of times it's like so what's going on so what are you doing you know we catch up a little bit And then we get down to business and depending on the day, depending on what we have to say, sometimes the, um, you know, the, the catching up will take just a few minutes or sometimes that'll take like, you know, 20 minutes. And then we're like, Hey, we probably ought to record a show at some point. So that's, that's probably as close as we've got to a pre-show ritual. I think.
0: Ask me anything comes from Erin Kiger. She asked on Voxer, but the audio wasn't great and I, I'm not using it. So I I will put it together for her. (laughs) Uh, How do you guys find time? And how do you keep up with everything Google? Because she expressed in her message, there's so much out there. It's always changing. How do you guys keep up with it all?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um- you know, there, we, we have found a handful of places where the changes come in. You know, you hear us reference the keyword blog a lot. There's the G Suite updates blog. You know, just by, by bouncing into those every so often, that's huge. Um, keeping an eye on social media. There's a handful of, um, you know, bloggers that we keep our eyes on. Um, so, you know, with, with any of that stuff, um, which, which is funny because, um, that's all stuff that all of you listening have access to. Um there there's a big secret for you right there. Casey and I don't have a secret red phone that we can pick up that gets us <laughs> right through to Google. Cuz I think sometimes people think that that's the case. They're like, "Can you t-? we'll get a message every once in a while. Can you tell Google to do this and this and this?" And we're like, "We can't tell Google <laughs> anything any more than you can, Hang you know. On, there's a little question mark phone. with this yeah, exactly. There's a little question mark with a circle on it down in the corner of your screen. Same one that we've got. You can send feedback just like we can. Um, so we we keep up with it in the same ways that that you all do. And as far as finding time, Casey and I are sort of baffled that we have found time to record 100 of these episodes, I think.
2: Yes, it it has been a, a, an amazing challenge, but our, with our calendars and trying to coordinate this every week, but... We have, have managed to do it. And Matt, do you remember we did an episode about how to keep up with Google? I just looked it up. Oh, that's it's right. It's episode 46. I forgot about that. It's called G Suite Helpline, where we shared all of the things that we use to keep up with Google, different you know, social media accounts and the G Suite Updates blog and all of those things. So I threw a link in the show notes for you there, Erin. But yeah, I mean, I think putting together these show notes each week helps me like it gives me a a quick at a glance what's going on. Is there anything big coming down the, you know, down the pipeline here? What are we going to talk about? What's really important to educators? And sometimes it's it's not all super important to education. And we have to kind of grasp at a few straws to to find some connections. But sometimes it's just cool stuff. You know, Google, makes our jaw drop a lot. It's like, wow, how did how did they do this? And, you know, sometimes you just to be impressed with where the world is going and the future of technology can inspire us to to think of new things in our classroom. So, you know, we do a lot of our keeping up when we're getting ready for each episode. And sometimes that turns into other things or sparks other ideas where we each will dig a little bit deeper or talk to somebody else about it.
0: To the listener don't go and find don't go listen to that episode 46 again just let matt and casey keep doing the work for us and just stay subscribed and keep listening for what did you just
2: tell somebody not to listen to our episode
0: don't go back and re-listen to it
2: (laughs) because they already have
0: clearly doing the work (laughs) (laughs) there's
2: a letter in your
0: mailbox hey you know what this is all your mail hey maybe i'll give you a call sometime you've got mail go ahead casey where are we are
1: going? We,
2: are we jumping into the mailbag? Whee! <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump
0: into the mailbag. All right. We got a, a speak pipe. You guys love the speak pipe. I love getting the speak pipe messages. And uh, here we go. Friend of the podcast, Mike Muhammad.
1: Hi, Matt and Casey. This is Mike Muhammad, science teacher from Wisconsin. I wanted to congratulate you on reaching 100 episodes of the podcast. More importantly, thank you for the amazing impact your podcast has had on my practice and impact you had on the learning of students in my classroom in terms of being able to access content to create and be engaged. I still remember signing up almost four years ago to be notified when the first episode was going to drop. And when it did, it was like Christmas for us Ed techies out here and the gifts have never stopped being delivered. So thank you again. Thank you so much.
2: I I have to say, Mike is the perfect example of the impact that this podcast has had on me as a professional connecting with Mike. And Mike shared with me his e-portfolios that he was doing with the students. I'm like, will you please write a guest post? And guess what? Then at ISTE, I'm presenting. Who's in the audience? It's It's Mike. And guess what I'm presenting on? His e-portfolio. So, you know, like full circle. I'm like, I didn't do this. This awesome teacher did this and he's in the audience. And I'm pretty sure I embarrassed him in that moment, but he's amazing. And so many of the people that we've connected with, we have had those types of relationships. So I might cry, y'all, but it's just, it's just been awesome. Thank you.
1: I know. I feel, I feel exactly the same way about Mike and about y'all see
0: I even dropped a y'all in there see how good that was <laughs> it wasn't my best y'all our next uh, little bit of feedback also uh, this comes from twitter from shelly stanton at stanton Shelley, and again something googly any fun ways to introduce google classroom to students for the first time so lots
1: and lots of possible answers to this I'm sure the tribe probably has a whole bunch of things in fact I'll just go ahead and put a plug in there. If you have a fun way to introduce Google Classroom to your students, run to GoogleTeacherTribe.com and leave us a SpeakPipe message, and we will include it in a future episode. Um, I'll just say I think a fun way to do it is to find fun activities for them to do within Google Classroom. You know, sometimes um, I think teachers want to introduce Google Classroom by doing a tutorial on it. And by putting it up on the screen and by showing them, here's what you need to do. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. Okay, now you go do it. And the kids are all like, ah. Where instead, if you could say, hey, this is a, you know, go and find, um, you know, go and find a funny picture or go and find a link to an article that you like and post it in the, you know, the question and answer that I just put up. Or... Um, here's an assignment where everybody's got a slide and put a funny picture in it. You know, do it, just doing something fun instead of trying to actually show them Google Classroom. So that one's that one's a little bit vague, but I think it, it's one that can be taken in a lot of different directions. I think that's one that um, that's one way that you could certainly introduce Google Classroom in a fun way.
2: And I totally agree. The you know, let them experience over just lecturing about it. I would do a fun Google scavenger hunt where it yeah. required them to turn certain things in to get new assignments, help them explore all of those buttons, whether they're creating or they're using the template or whatever you've done just to give them the quick rundown of how you prefer to use classroom, which varies from teacher to teacher because every teacher kind of has their own little set of instructions. So make it customized to you.
0: Very cool. And our last piece of feedback is a question also from SpeakPipe, and this comes from Jana Bonds.
2: Hey,
3: this is Jana from Marshall County, Alabama, and I have a question about Google Forms. Is there a way to restrict responses from certain groups in Google Forms? For example, I send out a lot of surveys from the district level. And I would like to be able to send those just to certain employees at certain schools instead of all employees. Um, Maybe, say, just to secondary schools instead of just instead of elementary schools. I know I could send it just to those specific organizational, the specific groups. But if those groups forward it to their friends, I have no way of restricting that they might vote on that. For example, a calendar vote or a new bill schedule vote. So just wondering if you have any suggestions of ways to restrict responses in Google Forms to certain individuals within our organization.
2: Thanks. So we get this question a lot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've answered this one a couple times on the show, too. Uh, there are a few different approaches that come to mind. First of all, you can require that it collects their email address and you can restrict it to your domain so they can't share it outside of their domain. Of course, that means a, if it's a student, they could share it with another student or an employee could share it with another employee, whatever it is. But the other thing is, is you can introduce some questions, some questions that have response validation where you require it to be like a password or like an employee ID number, something that is a unique identifier for that group of people. Of course, there's nothing to keep students or adults from sharing passwords with other people. But if you do keep it to something like uh, if you're talking, you know, faculty, the employee employees usually have some kind of ID or unique number assigned to them. And then in the sheet, you can always go and filter, find any duplicates and find anything that was outside of the range that you were looking for. So that's the
1: first things that come to mind for me. Casey hit it on the head there. I mean, unless rampant sharing um, of forms when you didn't expect it to is an issue in your district. I think a lot of times, especially if you're forwarding them to adults and you want the adults to do it, um, you know, I think a simple question on there, and it could be as simple as, you know, what school are you at? What um, grade level are you? You know, something like that. And if they submit one that's outside of the range, just like Casey said, there's, there's response validation. Um, I think that sometimes we also have to think about, this is just more broadly. We have to think about how much do we think that the scenario that we're talking about is actually going to happen. Um, so Jana, you may have this happen a lot. So I guess I'm, I'm, I may be speaking just to, to other people in this case, but, um, if we haven't had it happen a lot and we want to make sure that it doesn't happen, even though it hasn't really happened, I think we've got a question whether we need to go through a whole bunch of hoops to actually do that. So anyway, those are just a couple thoughts on that.
2: Oh, and don't forget to check the box that only allows one response. So that should hopefully restrict that as well. And just to piggyback on what Matt was saying, he heard this story the other day because my best friend, She does not listen to this podcast, by the way, so I can say this safely. I know she won't hear it, but she's not super googly. So she texts me every time she runs into a Google problem. And she texted me this exact question. And I thought when she was asking me, because she's, I think, like student council sponsor or something. So she's having to do homecoming and prom and all that stuff. She sends me this message about... Voting, and I'm thinking it's like homecoming queen or student election, something like really important. And I am digging around trying to figure out the best way for her to do this. I spent, you know, at least a good hour researching this for her. And then I finally asked her, I was like, What are they voting on? And she's like, The theme for prom. And I was like, Ugh. Okay, is it really dire if a junior gets a vote in? <laughs> like, is it really just, you know, to me, okay, let's, yeah, kind of, let's, let's figure out, is this really going to happen? And how bad is it? And I don't, I don't know, maybe it is like a really bad problem, but it's just kind of funny, which made me think of that story.
0: Well, that's all the feedback that we got in. And, and that was actually pretty funny. And that's the, a big dilemma in high schools everywhere is what's the theme of the prom? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's true. So, it is, and it's a big deal. I is. know it's yeah. a big yeah, deal. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> so obviously Matt and Casey, you guys love getting feedback. I love mixing it in. So go to Google slash feedback. Leave that speak pipe message, leave comments on the blog, send the emails, send the tweets. We'll, we'll get your feedback on a future episode of the show.
2: Okay, y'all, it is time to explore what's been going on on the blogs. And, you know, this time of year gets pretty interesting. By the time this episode airs, we will be knee-deep in the holiday season. And we have something really special coming up in the world of education. It's the Hour of Code. So that is December 9th through the 15th. If you have never participated, I highly encourage you to check out my blog post, which is called Gearing Up for the Hour of Code. I will give you everything to get started, resources, activities for every grade level. Every teacher can do this. You do not have to be a coding expert to participate. And this has become a worldwide phenomenon with Computer Science Ed Week and the Hour of Code and really hope that this makes a difference in getting more of our students interested in building those foundational skills. And guess what? Those skills transfer into other things as well. And I think, I think that's it. This will be over.
1: All right. Very good. So on um, the Ditch That Textbook blog, we've just recently um, had a redesign. So the site looks very, very different. And I wanted to point you in the direction of a new page that we've got. I've got a, a page that's just called Google in the Classroom, and it's got some of the best uh, Google resources uh, that we've put out through the, um, through the blog, on the YouTube channel, even from the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. And so I'm going to have a link in the show notes there that will take you to some of the top blog posts and um, videos and and all of that good stuff. So if you're looking for the the best of the Google goodness, this is a good place to go.
0: Now, I'm not a regular blogger by any stretch, and by that I mean I don't write. <laughs> I'm a podcaster through and through. I said at the beginning I host the House of Ed Tech podcast. Sometimes you hear a promo for it at the beginning of these episodes. I would love it if you are a listener of this podcast, if you gave House of EdTech a try, if you don't already do that. And, of course, uh, both of these podcasts – are members of the education podcast network so make sure you check all of the great podcasts out that we have over there at edupodcastnetwork.com and you can find house of ed tech at chrisnessy.com
2: wow this has been quite an episode y'all
1: yeah absolutely i mean we're we're Finally there. We've been talking about this for so long. We finally made it to episode 100 and it's been really fun to just reflect back and to hear that first episode all over again. My goodness, it's uh it's kind of crazy to think of how far how how much things have changed but how much they haven't changed.
2: Yes, very Memories. surreal.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly.
2: But I I also have to give Chris some acknowledgement here because This episode would not be happening in this awesome format if Chris hadn't kind of pushed us. Right. Let's do this. (laughs) Let's get this on the calendar. Matt and I, like I said, we fly by the seat of our pants, and we're lucky enough when we can find one little hour of time to get together. So thank you, Chris, for making this happen and recording and leading the way so that we can make episode 100 extra special for the listeners.
0: And for the diehard listener, this episode barring a few things you're getting the entire conversation that we had
1: yeah that's true i i also wanted to throw in there you know the fact that with this episode this this never would have happened the way that it did without chris let's just be honest here i don't know how this podcast would have existed through 100 episodes if it wasn't for him to pull everything together and doing his magic and everything so we're going to give a, a big kudos to, to chris and thank him for Chris, thanks for, for all of your hard work and all of your editing uh, at the 11th hour sometimes to make it out in, in time. So you've, you've done excellent work on that. We really appreciate you.
0: It, it, it's been my pleasure. It's my honor to do this work for you guys and with you guys. As you guys discovered just a few episodes ago, all you have to do is say, hey, Nessie, and I'll be there.
1: <laughs> forgot about that.
2: It's just like Google. That's
1: right. Yeah.
2: Oh, thank you, Chris. This is, uh, it's just surreal. I still, I'm staring at that 100 on our screen right now and still can't quite Mm -hmm. comprehend exactly what has been going on, but I've got to land the plane apparently. So um, (laughs) I'm getting the looks. That's that's what happens when Matt and I get off topic. We have to kind of veer each other back. So, and it's late, y'all. It's late for me. So, I get super chatty, which is what has happened. But thank you so much for listening to episode 100. We can't wait to share another 100 episodes with
1: you. Yeah, we've. It's been our pleasure to to go on this journey with you. And so, we'll close this just the way that we always do. We'll see you on the next 100 episodes of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast.
0: Time out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How do we know when to come in?
0: When you hear, you should hear the music duck down. Okay. On its own.
1: Okay. Oh, I'm supposed to start, right?
0: I no, Miller. is going to do the welcome. Or, no. Uh, yeah, Matt, you do the. Yeah, the I'll do the welcome. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I know the editor. This will all sound great in the end.
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> it's okay. Chris will cut it out.
0: That's just what we always or say. Or he'll put it at the very end.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right.
0: Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, DitchThatTextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, ShakeUpLearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech podcast.